Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I just wanted us to be safe. I wanted us to be okay later on in life, to be able to pay for medical bills, maybe have a little holiday. I didn't have massive, you know, ambitions to take over the universe. I just wanted us to be okay. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode, we're speaking with Kate Hill, a well-practiced investor, buyer's agent and qualified property investment advisor. Originally working in London with a publishing house, learn about her huge career and lifestyle change as well as many lessons she's learned from her property investment journey. buyer's agent and qualified property investment advisor at Advisable. Uh, We are, well, obviously a buyer's agency and property development company. Um, And what I do generally is on a day-to-day kind of basis, I am talking to clients. Um, I'm doing area research a lot. It's a big part of what I do, obviously. I I look at um, when I'm dealing with a particular client, I'm doing a client brief with them to find out all about them in the same way that you're about to find out all about me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, yeah, and sort of move help move them forward in their property investing journey, if that gives you a bit of an idea. As an investment advisor, Hill's daily schedule is quite varied. There's certain things I guess I would do every day, but there's also an element of every day is different because certainly when you've got deals going through, uh, you're you're dealing with, well, in our case, different states. You're dealing with human beings out there. So uh, there's never a dull moment. Things take you by surprise. Sometimes you anticipate them, of course, and we do what we can to do that. But uh, there's, you always expect the unexpected in real estate transactions, I've come to learn. <laughs> so, yeah, so sometimes you're having to sort of put out fires, um, but we spend a lot of our time obviously preparing for that not to happen. So to answer your question again, uh, there's an element of every day being different, but then there's also certain things that I make specifically make time for every day that is pretty much the same. He'll briefly explain the different functions of a company, advisable. We have three service offerings, one which is the Investment Property Buyers Agency. We also facilitate property development for clients, so where we uh, buy the site, you know, and then we help develop that site with the DA approval, the construction, et cetera, et cetera. And we also uh, prop- the, the home buyer, so we, can, we buy homes for owner-occupiers as well. So there's three different service offerings. She discusses how her business came to be so diverse in its services, facilitating the purchase of both property and development sites. 
because I have an extraordinary colleague called Alex Dutt, who is very experienced in that field. Um, he's developed uh, hundreds of properties with uh, clients with not necessarily all with advisable, of course, but in his career over the past over a decade. And and so it seemed to make sense for us to uh, use his skills, his knowledge, the contacts that he has. Um, and we we worked very hard for a long time to put this service offering together um, because it's it's not it's not selling off the plan. It's not selling real estate. We genuinely help clients to buy a good, solid uh, site somewhere in Australia um, that can be built on or, you know, something can be done with that site where it is genuinely worth more money at the end of the entire exercise than, you know, than, than, than you're spending on it, which is the point of the whole exercise. So um, but we work, we work very hard to put that together. It is quite unusual um, in, and, and well, unique as you, as you very nicely put, thank you. Um, <laughs> but it is, yeah. But but it came about because of Alex and his experience, um, and he's he's extraordinary at what he does. Yeah, Excellent. I know I'm biased, but he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The reason why I ask that is because um, mm-hmm. you know there there is a, a level of uh, profit that can be made from any development. Is there a particular yeah. type of development that you focus on, or could be anything from what uh, building a duplex all the way to townhouses to units? Is that is that how it goes, mm-hmm. or whatever is, yeah, is look, feasible? It, it, it's going to come down to uh, actually, if I could just interject, the first thing I'll say, uh, Tyrone, is do a uh, do a whole separate interview just on this subject with him. <laughs> I would highly recommend it because there's it's such a huge topic. Um, the the type of developments that we do will very much depend on the area. This might sound like common sense, but you'd be surprised how many people don't realise this or get this wrong. It really will depend on the area that you're building in. So whether you're build the, the property type, I mean, and at the end of the day, it has to it has to make sense financially. You've got to be able to borrow the money again, just you know, to put that out there. And how the banks view your borrowing? Are you do you fall into standard residential borrowing? Does it fall into commercial borrowing? What are you able to do? What will the council in that area let you do? Most importantly, what are those local people? there buying and renting that's what you want to build you know so it's all very well having a a block of land and putting 10 units on it or townhouses but if everyone in that area is buying five bedroom houses you know then you 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 need to you need to consider that definitely so So it's meeting what the what the demand wants instead of just building whatever you think could fit on that block yeah excellent yeah sorry i was just going to add on to that that it would be this it's the really a very simple principle, you know, give give the people what they want, <laughs> um, you know, uh, cater to the demand. But we do that with the property investment buyer too. It's it's just common sense, you know, and I, I'm sure we'll touch on this again a little bit later, that it's crucial to consider the area that you're buying in. Who are you buying for? Who lives there? That's what you're buying, not what you want, you know, not what your cousin wants, not what your friend of the barbecue is suggesting you do. What the local people want, that's otherwise you're going to sit vacant. No one's going to buy it. No one's going to rent it. You know, it's really it's the basic concept, but yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, Hill lived a very different life before she moved to Australia and began her real estate career. It doesn't sound like it, but I am actually German. So, um, I was born and grew up for the first uh, several years of my life in Germany. And 
uh, as I'm sure you can hear from my accent, at some stage I did move to England. <laughs> um, so my my mum my mum's English, my dad was German. Uh, it's you know it's a common European <laughs> scenario um, of that mixed that mixed heritage. So um, I grew up both in Germany and actually partly in Spain as well, and then a, a large part of my early years in in England. So, which is also where I went to school. Beautiful, um, beautiful. I started some of some of my schooling was in Germany um, it, very early. You know, my first sort of four years of school were in Germany, and then when we moved to England, um, it sort of continued on from there. I went to university in England. I did a postgraduate degree in England um, before we moved to Australia. Excellent. <laughs> and do you speak German? I do, fluent. Yeah, <laughs> fluent my German. Mother, I, my mother, yeah, it's my mother tongue. So I'm I'm very fortunate growing up with those. Uh, you know, hearing the, and having the multiple languages. So when I when I speak German, you, I, I, I'm also accent free, if you see what I mean. So yeah, like I speak English, you can't tell that there's German heritage in there. That's <laughs> really really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a lot of times, yeah, when we when we speak to foreigners and people who have yeah. gone back to their own country, you can definitely tell that they've lost their accent or don't have an, <laughs> have an accent. It's quite funny. yeah, that's, that's right. But I was I was lucky because I grew up. With both, uh, well, and Spanish to a degree, with all with all those languages from from the word go. You know, literally from the day I was born, I was I was hearing it. Um, and my dad used to speak to me in German. My mum used to speak to me in English. So I, I had it all going on from the day from day one. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. it wasn't too confusing growing up. <laughs> oh no, it was. There's lots of family stories about getting things mixed up. But at some stage, you know, that's very common uh, with bilingual children. And at some point, your brain. Uh, sorts it all out and you realize which word belongs to which language and then that, yeah, <laughs> you can't stop it. He went to university in England studying a topic that's a far cry from the industry she's in now. This might sound like a bit of a cop-out but I actually studied German literature. Um, I was I was really interested in, or still am, and I did French at uni too. So, um, I've, always, I've, always, I've always had a very strong background an interest in books and literature. Um, so I did a, a master's thesis on 19th century German literature, which I've never looked at again since. <laughs> <laughs> never did anything with it, but yeah, but I loved it. No, I loved it. Yeah, wow. I went to university for a long time. Mm, so it sounds yeah. like you really, really like the linguistic side of things of studying yeah. at, at so yeah, university. Very much so. Yeah, very much so in the research. And I think, you know, there's uh, elements of what I did at university that have really come in very useful with my with uh, with the career that I have now. So, which, again, re- research wise, you know, which we can talk about. She worked in publishing for many years before she finally moved to Australia and properly changed her career trajectory. I went to work in the book publishing industry uh, in in England. So it's it's a very tough industry to get into. Actually, it was well, it was in those days. It was very competitive. Um, so I started to work for a small independent book publisher uh, in London and just worked my up my way up with them. Um, I loved it. Um, and then I had you know various other a uh, couple of other jobs with other publishers in London. Um, really lovely industry to be in. And then when I moved over to Australia, I worked for a couple of, a couple of uh, publishers here in, in Sydney also um, before the whole property thing took over my life. <laughs> so, yeah, before, before property, it was all books, books, books. And it still is to a degree. I'm, I'm, a, big, I'm a big book lover. He explains what inspired her to change her career so drastically. 
I guess two things happened relatively simultaneously. The the book industry, uh, it started to get more and more challenging out there. There was in terms of people not buying as many books, basically, because everything went to iPad, everything went digital. So there were and still are fewer books being physically printed. Um, And so there was a big turn. It was a big turning point for the publishing industry. People had to reinvent how they published content, um, whether they do that in a physical book or, you know, say in a digital format. And at the same time, I was getting more and more into um, investing, um, looking at the property market, looking at whether that was something I was going to become more and more involved in. And as, as, as one, uh, I guess, field in my mind was declining, the other was increasing. So, and I, as I became more in, involved with property, I thought, wow, I love, I love this. This is a very powerful thing. Um, so I moved sort of gradually, I'd say over, over a year or so from, from one field into the other, because obviously, you know, I have to get qualified, et cetera, et cetera, which I can talk about more. Um, but it was, it was, it was, it was also the case that the the actual job that I did in London, uh, which was selling, uh, rights, the publishing rights to the, 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 the books that we had as a publisher, to over you know to other publishers that 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 job as it were doesn't really exist here in Australia because we you know we publish Australian books or we import English language books from the US and the UK so it it was it's it, the job that I did and that I was really that was my main experience was really non-existent here so I you know I already had to uh, uh, sort of transfer skills into other areas in publishing so when the whole when the whole property thing came along, I thought, oh, you know, and it was um, I just really loved it also and thought this this is a path I would I'd, I'd really enjoy following. Having lived all over the world, Hill decided Australia was the best place for her. There's not a day that goes by of me being here where I don't think, oh, wow, I live here. It's paradise in many, many, many ways. Um the, the move, I'd, I'd, I'd first come over to Australia in uh, the mid-90s, um, actually when I was still at uni, I was visiting friends and I landed and I just felt like I'd come home. I just, I loved it. Um, I, I still do. There's a real sense of of community here. Um, people, I know I'm generalising, but hey, here we go. Um, people like each other, generally. People respect each other here. Um, you know, you look out for each other. Children are respectful on the whole, um, and if 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 you know if anyone out there is listening, going oh she's got to be kidding, uh, you go and spend two years in London and then come back here, and you'll know what you'll see what I mean. <laughs> um, you know, there's space here, there's room to breathe. There is a real sense of things are possible here. You know, they um, they make it they make it relatively easy for you to succeed to go for to you know it, it sounds really corny but to fulfill your dreams to go for it um you, you don't have that in europe and perhaps that's just the level of history you know there's so much there's restriction there's a lot of you know there's a lot of water under the bridge there and it's not they don't make it as easy for you and it's you know there's 80 million people in the uk crammed into an area the size of greater adelaide and it's um you know, it's a bit crammed. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can imagine. Um, and it's dark for about eight months of the year and drizzling. 
coming up after the break. We'll hear why and how Kate Hill began her investment journey. I need to look after us, me, my family. We need to do that ourselves. And and to, you know, and I started sort of researching, well, how do we do that? Her initial thoughts on breaking into the investment market? You know, it was a real that was what I'd call an aha moment. I thought, why isn't everybody doing this? This is amazing. Followed by some tough lessons she learned from her first investments. So I really wasn't across what had happened there. The 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 level of what had happened there, the extent of the you know the the, the drop in the property market. All this and much more after the break. I'm Taran Shab, and you're listening to Property Invest Story. Despite no real influence from her family, Hill explains why she decided to enter into property. None of my family uh, have any background or, uh, to me, have never really shown any interest in investing. It's been, they've been quite traditional, uh, how do I put this? I don't want to sound unkind, you know, but it's, it's, I don't think it really entered their realm of consciousness that it's a thing you can do. Um, uh, so, it, it, I, I it came about for me um, by being here, um, not having a great big family, and again, to be to be brutally honest, thinking I'm not going to inherit a whole heap of money here. <laughs> I need to, you know, I, I need to look after us, me, my family. We need to do that ourselves. And and to you know, and I started sort of researching. Well, how do we do that? And how do we, you know, I, I never in my mind thought I want to be I want to be Richard Branson. I mean, I kind of secretly do. Who doesn't? But <laughs> um, but you know, I just I just wanted us to be safe. I wanted us to be okay later on in life. To be able to pay for medical bills, maybe have a little holiday. I didn't have massive you know ambitions to take over the universe. I just wanted us to be okay. I didn't want to worry when I'm, you know, 60, 70. And because we live so long, so much longer now, um, you know, you retire at 60, you, you're living for another 30 years. That's almost, that's almost the length of time you're actually in full-time employment these days. So you've got to find out where's, where's all that money going to come from. And I don't want to rely on the government, on any government. I don't mean, you know, any particular government. Don't want to get into that. That's a whole other interview, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but um, the fact that it is again, it's made possible for you here at the moment to to do that, to invest in property, to you know, to 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 actually take control of being able to do that for yourself and secure a level of retirement income without being reliant on the government at yeah. the moment. Mm, mm. And that is so true. <laughs> We're very fortunate, yeah. very fortunate country. Just yeah. like how you, yeah. you've said that Australia is a beautiful paradise. I think it also reflects that in really? the real estate world as well too. <laughs> very much so. Yeah, very so, much so. So, let's delve yeah. into how you got into property investing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you mentioned that yeah. you know you, you took it on because there was a transition and so forth. Was it in that first year when you arrived to Australia that's when you jumped into property investing? No, um, it would have been, let me think, six, probably two or three years um, because I, while I'm based in Sydney now um, and have been for, for quite a while now, a, a number of years, I also spent four years in Adelaide living living there, living and working there. Um, so it was really during that time that I, I guess I had a bit of room to breathe. We'd settled in, um, you know, we'd established ourselves, we'd bought a house, 
And, and I thought, right. And there's also that magic age that I've, I've come to find that people start thinking about this stuff, you know, early 40s. And you start to look ahead and go, oh, actually, hang on. <laughs> you know, I'm going to you, you turn 40 and you think, oh, actually, I'm going to be 50 soon. And then, oh, 60 uh, is not far behind that. I better do something here. You know, so um, I started to do research into how. I was going to achieve what I wanted to uh, over the next, say, 10, 20 years. And who was going to help me to do that? So it took a little while. I think, like, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess. 90% of people out there will spend two years <laughs> researching, uh, going to seminars, um, you know, considering who's going to help you. Uh, who can you trust, basically? That's, you know, to put no finer point on it. Who can you trust to do? Who, who can I trust with my money? Um, and uh, it took a while to for me to, I guess, get over certain fears to before I took a plunge and went, OK, well, if I if I, I can keep researching here forever, I need to actually do something. And what's the worst that can happen? You know, you have to run through those scenarios in your head. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it took a little while, Tyrone. Yeah. At this point in time, Hill was focused on building a portfolio, not yet working towards helping others with advisable. I was just really focusing on my own property investing at that time while I was working. So I, I would have been, I would be my average client right now, you know, if that makes sense. You know, I was working for a living. My husband's working. Um, you know, we've bought our own home to live in. Um, we had a lot of equity in that. Um, and because we bought money over from England, basically, you know, from the sale of a, a property in London. And, um, and I wanted to invest that money wisely. So it was, it was me doing my own investing first before I then became more involved in actually helping other people to do this just because I loved it so much. And I really, um, I felt like there was a, a bit of an aha moment there once I'd say bought the first three properties where I thought, where I really thought, hang on a minute, you know, these, I'm doing this. It's not really costing me anything. Yes, I'm using equity in my home. Um, so there is a, a certain level of risk there, but it's relatively small and the properties themselves aren't costing me anything to hold. Why isn't everyone doing this? You know, it was a real, that was what I'd call an aha moment. I thought, why isn't everybody doing this? This is amazing. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it's like, it's not, not a secret, but, um, I, it, that, that personally, it was a, as I say, an aha moment. So, um, but I had help, you know, I was with a, a mentoring group um, who helped me, who held my hand while I was going through the process of buying the properties. Um, but I did my own research, you know, but they, they were there to, 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 to lend a guiding hand, you know, assist uh, and that sort of thing. So I, 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 I built my confidence. I learned a lot of lessons, good and bad, you know, with those first properties, which I'm sure we'll talk about later as well. With a current portfolio of eight properties around Australia, Hill explains her first three investments and the lessons she learned. This is, it's something that now that I'm, I am a property investing professional and advisor, it's, it's again, it's a very valuable lesson that having gone through this process, I've like taught myself my own, my own lesson, if that makes sense, because what was so important and what I have to keep reminding myself, uh, because those three, those first two of those first three purchases, I'd say, well, no, I haven't been great. 
Um, uh, I'm happy to talk about those more shortly. But I have to keep reminding myself I bought them for a reason, right? At the time, the uh, they were very high yielding, and and I was I was nervous. I was a first time investor. I didn't. The, the 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 saving grace here is that I didn't spend a lot of money on them. <laughs> literally, a couple of hundred thousand each. Uh, and uh, but they were very high yielding, and I was nervous about cash flow. Um, my husband is self-employed. He started his own business literally the d- day one we arrived in Adelaide um, with no clients and no money coming in. <laughs> and and I didn't at the time, you know, we're also, we're fresh to Adelaide. I didn't have a very high paying job. So I was very cash flow sensitive and nervous about how we were going to pay for things, you know. So um, the, the, the choice, I, I try to... Um, in my mind at the time, I was buying in good locations that were diverse in terms of industries. But it, when I look back on it now, and I am brutally honest, I was totally swayed by the cash flow. Totally. Um, you know, so um, because that was my it was a concern that I had. It was a worry that I had. Um, and I sort of didn't have anyone in my ear going, okay, yeah, that cash flow might be great, but is it going to grow? Is it ever going to do anything really? (laughs) You know, um, yes, it's going to pay for itself for the next five years, but it's going to be worth what it is now in five years time. (laughs) You're not going to make any money here. She reflects on these purchases and the importance of research and getting started. So the journey really was to, uh, it was to uh, get my foot on the ladder, you know, at least have a go. Um, go through the experience of buying them, doing the research, well, doing the research, doing a level of research, um, buying them, getting a tenant, you know, just going through the motions, then having them for a couple of years, sitting with it, great cash flow coming in. You know, um, that, that, I guess, is how I would summarise the journey. And I was very happy that I had at least taken the plunge, having, you know, spent two years going to seminars and not doing anything. <laughs> so... Hill shares her story about a bad investment experience. One of those three uh, is in Gladstone in Queensland. And I got a call. Um, oh, I've just, I'm, I, I really ought to know this, but it's a slight <laughs> blur in my head. Um, uh, I, I guess I'd had the property for maybe three years or so. Um, and I was I, I remember sort of getting a call that from the property manager saying that the property that I'd been given notice the you know the tenant was leaving nothing nothing you know out of the ordinary there perfectly normal tenants come and go um the property was being rented uh, for for 80 a week I think um and um you know because of I forget how she put it exactly <laughs> um because of sort of recent you know market conditions um, she was recommending the new advertised rate at 200 a week. So, yeah, quite a drop in rent. And that really gave me a, you know, I remember the, you know, the feeling in the pit of my stomach going, wow, that's not the word that came to mind at the time. She describes what this experience taught her. So in terms of lessons learned, um, that multiple, you know, how long have we got? Um, it was... The fact that that came to me as a surprise, 
right? I I I think I probably read things that that that, that the market up there, you know, mining boom was over, blah blah blah, um, over over de- over development, oversupply, blah blah blah, high vacancy rates, but it hadn't really affected me to that po- at that point because I'd had the same tenant for a couple of years, um, who was perhaps a little bit clueless and <laughs> hadn't been negotiating a reduction in rent as you know leases were being renewed. Um, so I really wasn't across what had happened there. Oh, the, 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 the level of what had happened there, the extent of the, you know, the, the, the drop in the property market. So when I got that email and call, it was like, oh, wow, that's quite the drop in rent every week, you know. Um, and, and what I learned also was the fact, you know, the, the really being confronted with the fact that I had been swayed by that yield and I did not do my research properly in terms of looking at an area or investing in an area that had the diversity of industries where if one of them falls over, i.e. mining, the others are strong enough to support the local economy and and that kind of drop in rent doesn't happen, you know, because half the population is working one industry. They're itinerant. They come and go. You know, it's um, as I said, my God, the, the, the number of lessons I learned with that um, was extraordinary. I've still got it. Um, and, you know, I, the, the markets are on the turn there. Um, and again, as I said earlier, I didn't spend a lot on them. It's not like I spent seven hundred thousand dollars and it's now worth one fifty. You know, it's it hasn't. In terms of value, it hasn't been too bad, um, but it was it was a real wake up call. That that I'd say getting that call would be my worst moment, and it was a real a real you know bit of a slap on each cheek. Going, Kate, pay attention. This is what the you know this is what's happening. This is what can happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. So how how have you overcome <laughs> no. this situation? Have you still held on to those properties, or or do still got them? Um, and I, as I say, I um, there's been there's been a couple of periods where I've been. I think my worst was a three month vacancy in that one, um, you know, because there were so many so many properties on the market, and no one to rent them. You know, the, those those big L um, LNG plants, the liquid natural gas plants that were being built. Um, I, and I bought right at the top of the cycle. That was the other thing. Lesson number three. I'm sure I'll come up with more as we as we talk about this. <laughs> um, you know, when you when I when I look at again, it's all very you know, it's 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 it was easy in hindsight to look at what happened there. Um, but you know, learning from my mistake there has been you know has is it's it's been a very I've learned very very many valuable lessons. But I, I bought right at the top of the cycle. I think in 2012. I think it was. Um, you know where properties, the 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 you know the the, the values had grown, the rents had boomed, um, but the construction, the main construction phase, as I say, of all those LNG plants was literally just coming to an end. So all those workers that had moved into the area and were renting, they'd all left, um, and they're just and and the developers, you know, had steamed in, constructed there were new suburbs springing up. There was all this oversupply, and you know there was no one. The, the demand wasn't there. The demand just wasn't there. Hill reveals even more lessons learned from her early investing experiences and the realities of the real estate market. Really, it just it taught me the. Um, I'm sure you have never done that again. Obviously, you know it. It really, it it was a real, as I say, a wake up call. Yes, I do. Sorry, and to answer your question from before, yes, I do still have them, and I have it. 
Um, those markets are turning. You know, there's, they seem to have bottomed out. My rent's gone up for the first time in three years. I'm like, woo, like a whole $15, but I celebrated. <laughs> um, and, and when my most recent tenant vacated, um, I had a new tenant within four days. You know, none of this three months business. So, they're, yeah, they're definitely turning. And, um, you know, I've, I, I, I sometimes I say to myself, I'm holding on to that thing, you know, for just to teach myself a lesson. Um, but I'm not, you know, I just <laughs> really, it's um, again, brutally honest. I'm, I'm in a loan structure at the moment with th- that property. Um, oh, but I also, while, while we're in confession mode, um, I also fixed the rate on that at like six point something percent, you know, just at the point of interest rates plummeting down to, you know, four percent. Um, so not only was I vacant for three months, I was paying six point something percent interest um, and uh, and in a completely uh, inappropriate loan structure. Um that obviously that wasn't my, you know, I was really, again, I was relying on advice, but, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't great advice as I, again, as I came to learn, you know, and I've come to learn the reasons why, um, and I won't do that again either. So, um, you know, so there were, there was so many lessons that you learn, but I'm, you know, I'm here, I've still got eight properties, you know, they are, the others are all, you know, ticking over very nicely. Um, I'm, you know, I'm still here. I'm, I'm, you know, I've lived to tell the tale. Definitely. Um, <laughs> would, would I have rather it happened to someone else? Absolutely. But um, it's all part but, of the learning experience. Yeah, yeah. but look, it's it, it is, and it just it's. I think it, it and it's toughened toughened me up, if you like. And it's as I say, not uh, you know, it's it's a harsh lesson to learn, but it's also understanding why that happened, being honest with yourself, why that happened. You know, the fact, and as I said, the fact that I wasn't aware at the time that that was what was going on I wasn't prepared for it um and then fully understanding the reasons behind that actually happening in that location you know it didn't just happen in that location you know and there are many people out there that I know who that they had worse experience many many worse experiences than I did you know um they spent more they had they their values dropped a lot more you know so my my particular case here was Actually, I think actually relatively mild, um, but you know, in principle, it taught me a lot of lessons. So, join us on a future episode of Property Invest Story, where we delve further into Kate Hill's property investment strategies. I didn't want to start with something too full of, you know, you're going to make hundreds of thousands in ten minutes. Um, I, I don't have that kind of risk profile. The diversity of a portfolio. There's so many property markets out there. They all do different things for different reasons at different times. And the advice and resources that helped her along the way. Any investment, really any investment book that you can get your hands on, have a read of it. I don't think you can ever really read enough of these. Tune in for all this and much more in a future episode of Property Investory.